Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 374. It's all about how you perceive the things you go through, whether good or bad. You want to learn from everything that happens, even when you make mistakes. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Aaron Workington. Aaron, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right. I hope you're sitting in a Duesenberg. That's what I really want to hear. I'm sitting next to one. There you go. Okay, perfect. Aaron Workington is the curator at the Auburn Cord Duesenberg Automobile Museum located in Auburn, Indiana. There, he and his team care for over 120 automobiles and related artifacts. The building itself is a piece of history as it was the headquarters of the Auburn Automobile Company from 1930 to 1936. Aaron's previous careers include the National Atomic Testing Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada, and the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum in McMinnville, Oregon. His passions for all things mechanical and how their technologies affect social history culminate in his work at the Auburn Cord Duesenberg Museum. So, Aaron, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share just a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Sure. It's an interesting thing. Uh, when I was young, I was all, always interested in mechanical things. And I think the first time I got interested in cars, I, I told myself, well, what am I going to do with this? I'm not really sure if I could make a living out of it. But, I mean, I, at some point I planned... I'm going to work with my hands with cars. But then my passion for history also interacted with that. And I ended up working in museums about technology, whether a museum about airplanes or nuclear weapons or here at the uh, the car museum. It's really cool, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because Cars Yeah! is all about people who've wrapped their passion for mostly cars and mechanical things into their vocation. And you definitely fit the bill there. And we're going to learn more about the museum and what you do there. But first, I always like to start with a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Aaron, take the wheel. You know, I think probably one of my uh, favorite quotes I know of is by the uh, Greek philosopher Euripides, and he says, life is all about perspective. It's not about what happens to you, but it's really about how you understand what is happening. <laughs> um, 
that is a paraphrase, a severe paraphrase, but that's really what he's really trying to say is, what is your perspective? You know, you can have good or bad things happen, but it's your perspective that determines what you walk away with it, if you learn from it or you don't. Absolutely. It's a great quote. I've heard that quote before, and I love it because it can really help you in life, especially when you're in a challenging situation that may get you down. It's really how you look at it. How have you taken that quote and wrapped it into what you're doing, specifically there at the museum you're at today? You know, there's a lot of instances where you may think, wow, that didn't work out right. Or I was hoping that fundraising event did better, and I don't think I did the the best job trying to, you know, sell the store of the museum. Mm -hmm. But what it comes down to is when you look back and you say, okay, where can I improve on that? What was good about it? And, you know, the irony is half the time when I do feel I didn't do something right, somebody, one person comes back and says, hey, that was pretty good. Not too bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I guess that's the positive aspect um, of trying to work through and be self-reflective about your work, whether it's with coworkers or with people um, outside or even your own family. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I would assume having been around mechanical things in cars, this has been a good part of your life, but is there a pivotal moment that you remember when you really realized you were a car guy? <laughs> you know, I remember how I develop my basic interest in cars, there are two moments. The first moment was I remember visiting one of my cousins. Long ago, I was probably only four or five, and he gave me his first issues of Automobile Quarterly Mm. and a model of a Bugatti Type 35, a little plastic model. And I said to myself, well, this is neat stuff, but you know, you're only four or five. I'm like, I like things uh, that make noise, and I guess this works too. And I started reading those AQ magazines or issues, those books, and I put together that model. And even when there were times when I may have walked away from interesting cars and was interested and learned other things, I always come back to that point as being an important part of uh, encouraging my my enjoyment in technology. Sure. And then the second moment was one day my dad went and bought a Corvette. (laughs) Okay. And he comes home with his Corvette, and I said, I didn't know you were into cars. He's like, I've always been into cars. You just weren't around. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention, kiddo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when it came, you know, he had my uncles were all into cars. He grew up with cars, worked on cars. But when he got married, you know, he developed a family. And so that kind of took back burner. And then by the time I was in high school, he says, okay, it's time for us to get a car we can work on together. Oh, very cool. Well, you know, there's a great story in this, and that is somebody gave you something to look at to kind of fuel some passion and get a focus going in those Automobile Quarterlies. Boy, I wish that publication was still around. I've subscribed to that for years. It was such a wonderful publication. I hope somebody comes along and picks it up and carries on the torch. But uh, And that model car, I too built many model cars when I was a little kid. And that certainly helps fuel my passion as well. Aaron, what I'd love to do now is crawl into the hood and take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk a bit about a, a big challenge or a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. This really has most to do with how you overcame that situation, and what did it teach you? Well, there's always challenges, and there's always a few failures, or many failures. Uh, Once again, it's how we interpret them. My first job when I worked at the Evergreen uh, Aviation and Space Museum, that was the first time I had worked in a professional museum. Before that, I, you know, just interned at 
a local museum and just um, wasn't sure what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, there was just myself and our collections manager. We were all by ourselves in another building separate from the museum. Oh, my gosh. With all the archives and all the artifacts. We were all just kind of doing things our own, just trying to make sure we we figured out what we needed to do. And I think I learned a lot about, she was a really good mentor. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about where I could develop motivation because at that point, you know, I hadn't had many jobs. But like many kids coming out of college or high school, you know, just odd jobs here and there during the summers. And she helped me learn to focus my energies, to develop time management, because those are things I struggled with. Because mm. I wasn't sure, you know, I'd complete a task and she says, okay, Aaron, there's we have more things we can work on. I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to do that. Or she was, uh, she was a really great mentor in helping me develop my skills. Sure. Where I was struggling in developing work ethic and things of that nature. Well, I love that story because I've always said we are the culmination of the people we surround ourselves with. And if you can work with somebody, have the fortune or luck to work with somebody who is a great mentor you know how fortunate you can be versus the alternative people that are not great mentors to you or challenging to you. Yeah, surround yourself with the right people because they can really help you move along and grow in your your knowledge base of what you're doing. And I think you were very fortunate to have that person in your life. Absolutely. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea or this new direction. What comes to mind here is turning the lights on in a grand museum and it kind of exposes everything you see before you. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. (laughs) It kind of relates to the same museum. I had flipped around in colleges. I became almost a career student, much to my parents' dismay. (laughs) And I wasn't, you know, I had done automotive studies and as much as I I love to work on cars. I look back and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to work in a car dealership the rest of my life, but I love history, but what can I do with that? So I'm going to college at George Fox University in, you know, Newburgh, Oregon. It's not that it's only 20 minutes from McMinnville where the Evergreen is. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I've made the decision I'm going to do history. I'm going to do what I really enjoy. But how am I to combine these things? Well, the airplane museum was down the road. And I went and spoke to my professor, and I said, I'd like to intern there. We have to do an internship. Can I intern there? Mm-hmm. And she says, well, we haven't had an intern in our in our history department in years. Sure. <laughs> so I went down there, and that's where I met my mentor, Catherine Hewitt. Uh-huh. Uh, and she says, you know, this is where you can take all your passions, wrap them up, take your your academic love of history, your love of technology, put it all together, and have a passion for educating other people about the stories of the past and how it affects us in the future. And then I said, wow, what if I could do this in a car museum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's really, it came about. And I said, at this point, I am a lifelong museum professional. I love that connection between the fact I can enjoy the academic research, but I also can get out there and educate and teach people. And, and I learn from the visitors just as much as they learn from me. Yeah. Well, it's great that you figured that out. And that's a really key thing for our entrepreneurial or sidepreneurial or anybody out there listening to Cars Yeah Now. There is a way to wrap that passion for whatever you have into a career in some way. You've just got to kind of look around, see what's around you. I've had so many 
people on the show here that uh, work in museums, from the Peterson to the LeMay Museum, which is a local museum here, to several other museums across the country. And I hear a lot of the same thing from all of them. It was a way for them to bring that passion into a career path for them. And like you said, giving back to others, which is what museums do, which is so great. How about Prada's career moments? Is there one in particular you could share with us that really stands out for you? I think one of my proudest career moments would be um, the opening of our Racers and Record Setters Gallery and here at the Auburn Court Duesenberg um, Automobile Museum. This opened up about a year ago, and it took over a year to develop it. It was a whole new gallery all about the racing history of Auburn Court and Duesenbergs, so it was very in-depth and just uh, spending time working in our archives, working with our curatorial crew, and developing this whole gallery together as a team effort. It was very satisfying to see the level at which our team would work together and how we really pulled this off. And I have to admit, there were times I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope this comes together just before the opening. Yeah. <laughs> like, like every, you know, every museum, opera, you know, every curator I talk to always feels the same way. And we made it happen. And the gentleman who sponsored the gallery, Mr. Uh, Terrence Adderley, he loved it. He thought it was wonderful and really enjoyed going through it. He comes every year to go through the gallery. And so that made me happy because it's something that he had passion for. And the fact he trusted us to create the passion in others, and we, we get a lot wonderful response out of it. Sure. No, it sounds fantastic. Now, you guys have cars that are part of your collection, but then do you also bring other cars in from other people at times to rotate shows and bring in uh, new vehicles? Correct, yeah. We have a, probably about 20% of the cars on display are loaned. Okay. For specific, like you mentioned, specific exhibits or to help us tell a story because that's not a particular car we have in our collection. I see. Very cool. I love it. It's great. That's the fun part is talking with the lenders mm. and hearing their stories about their cars. And, you know, when their car uh, comes to the museum and it's on display and, you know, we send out renewal uh, forms every couple years and they said, well, do you still want my car here? <laughs> and I said, hey. People love seeing the car. If you're willing to keep it here, we're willing to show it to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I had uh, Renee Christ on the show. She's uh, oh, yeah. the, the person in charge of cars at LeMay, and she said exactly the same thing. And she looks at each of those cars as like a little child that she has to take care of while she it's in her control. And uh, mm -hmm. how, how grateful and gracious people are to loan their cars to museums to share them with others. It's like artwork, you know. It, it, you just keep it in your garage until yourself. You don't take it to events or share it with others at museums. Uh, you know, what good is it? Yeah. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? Maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. First, really, all the cars I've owned have been special to me. I'll tell you the story of my first car. I bought this car. It was a 1962 Pontiac Catalina. Oh, wow. It was $800. It was on the west side of the tracks in the town I was living in, going to college, Walla Walla College in Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, so that yeah. Tells you something. Yeah, east of here. So uh, 
I'm going to school, and I said, well, I really, my parents says, well, we need our car back. I said, well, I better go buy a car then. (laughs) $800, no reverse. I had to drive forward everywhere until I could rebuild the transmission. Oh, my gosh. The rings were shot on it. So every time we sat at a stoplight with all my uh, college buddies, we'd be belching smoke. And then when we'd drive through the intersection, I I thought I was going to pulled over so many times for like basic for air pollution yeah we'd it'd be 12 o'clock at night we're all tired of doing homework and we'd all load up and my friends and i in the on the dorm floor and we'd drive out to taco bell get some food and it was just a fun car <laughs> yeah it sounds like it yeah the belching catalina <laughs> <laughs> that's great how about um seller's remorse is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage yes my 1986 Buick T-Type. Oh, okay. And what was it about that car that you wish you had back? I just love that 80s body style. I love that turbo motor. And it was just a lot of fun. My wife was not excited about it. She much liked the Catalina compared to the Regal. (laughs) But uh, it was just a fun car. Now, I will tell you, that was another college I went to. And whenever I drove that car around, it was loud it was also well-known for being fast, and I was followed by the cops a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They said, oh, there's that guy that used to have the smoky car. Now he's got the tires <laughs> that smoke. <laughs> We've got to watch out for him. <laughs> that was a fun car. I, I tried to keep that in the family, so I sold it to my dad. <laughs> oh, there you go. Very good. Yeah. He, when I see him, he drives it. I don't. But... Oh, he still has it. Oh, very cool. Okay, so it's still in the family. I like that. How about current projects and things that you're working on right now? Is there anything you're doing or upcoming shows at the Auburn Corps Duesenberg Automobile Museum that really have you have you excited and fired up? Oh, yeah, we're doing – I keep our court curatorial department pretty busy. You know, we have an upcoming cooperative exhibit with the Studebaker National Museum and the Kokomo Automotive Heritage Museum, and we're, it's about the Indiana Bicentennial because the state's coming up to 200 years next year. And so we're doing three museums, one exhibit. And so I'm pretty excited about that. We are currently working on one of our Duesenbergs right now here in our Collections Conservation Center, doing some work on it and uh, getting it ready for next year. And the great thing, which I'm very proud of, that we were able to get through the gracious donation of supporters that I lobbied very hard on and twisted arms. <laughs> Our museum was able to uh, purchase an original 1924 Auburn. Oh, wow. With a very rare engine and it's the last of its kind. And so we have that here in our conservation center, and we're working on it, cleaning it. And so I'm very excited to have it, since there are none others like it. Wow, that sounds pretty cool. Great. Well, is that vehicle pictured yet on your site anywhere where people can go and learn a little bit more about it, or will it come up when the car is finished? When the car is finished, we'll probably have it on our website. We have it on our Facebook page Okay. a month or so ago, and it's... It's just really fun to have. I enjoy the original cars, to see the men and women who worked at the factory, what they really produced. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, Because that's always a hard thing. Like, I greatly respect restorers, but that's the restorer's art, where here you actually see the men and women, the women who stitched the interiors and the men who assembled the cars. That's that's their piece of art. Nice. Great acquisition. Congratulations on, on getting that car and getting it into the museum. That's fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Aaron. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be, and more importantly, why? 
I would think I'd be a turn of the 20th century steam car. Oh my gosh. Well, that's pretty that's pretty unique. Why a steam car? That's the first steam car I've had here on cars, yeah. I would say because one, they're tinkerers cars. You have to know a lot about them there you go. to make them work right. They can be rambunctious, potentially explode, scald, and burn the, uh, the operator. Uh-oh. <laughs> <No. laughs> little warning I, there. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I was uh, talking to my wife about this. I was showing her your little map, yeah. and she just started laughing. She's like, what car are you? And I said, what do you think? She's like, I think you're an electric car. An electric car. <laughs> because I'm very, I can be understated. And uh-huh. quiet. I don't know. But I think a steam car would uh, fit me. Very well. You know, I love that answer. That's why I like that question so much, especially when people do a lot of uh, introspective thinking about it. Uh, instead of saying what they wish they were, what they really are and who they are. And the fact that you like mechanical things, you like to tinker with things, and you're around old cars all the time, I think that's a great combination for you to be a steam car. Now, the the exploding and scalding part, maybe there's a side of you we need to be a little careful of if we don't push you we don't push you too far over the edge, but uh I still think that's a great answer. I love it. I think that's what my wife threw out to me when she mentioned Steam Car too. Yeah, there well, she knows you better than anybody, so yeah. yeah. I think uh Steam Car's a great car because it says so much about our society at that time too. Yeah. yeah. About how we desired cars to have finesse, have great power, but also be quiet and understated. Does that make sense? Oh, you know, it does. It does quite a bit. And I'll tell you something funny. I had a guest on cars, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Enrique Cisneros, who's a, a young man who races Ferraris and Porsches, and he's bought the Momo company out of Italy to bring back that wow. great brand. And his car at the end of this talk, I'm going to ask you for the car you wish of your dreams. And he picked a steam car, Stanley Steamer. And I, I thought, well, this is so odd because here's a guy that races you know, top-of-the-line current vehicles, Ferraris, Porsches, I mean, and he picked this old steam car, and his answer was a lot the same of yours. He loves to tinker, and he said, you know, the whole concept of getting into a vehicle, you have to really think about it in advance, and you have to make it work and finesse it, and then when you drive it, you just, you know, you don't just get in drive blindly. You have to really think about what you're doing. It relates a lot to this conversation we're having right now about your choice of you being a steam car. So very interesting. I love it. That's great. Well, Aaron, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products Deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com slash sponsors. 
Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free Filler Up book today at Cars Yeah. All right, Aaron, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yes, I am. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Wow. I'll tell you a funny story about automotive advice that I didn't believe until I actually used it. Okay. We have a 1935 Auburn that we take on tours in groups with the... uh, Auburn Court Duesenberg Club, mm-hmm. and it has a little, it has a finicky problem where sometimes the starter gets stuck, mm. and the car won't won't turn over. And I remember this happened. It was with me and several other people, and I called up Greg, who is a longtime member. He's worked on these cars and done all kinds of things for decades. And I said, Greg, this is a problem. And he says, Aaron, you guys get out and rock the car back and forth. And I said, no, no, no. I don't think you understand, Greg. The car doesn't work. Yeah. It's not turning over. I think the battery's dead. He's like, no, no. Just trust me. Get out of the car. Rock it back and forth, and it'll work. <laughs> so we all got out of the car, rocked this 80-year-old automobile back and forth. We hear this pop. Get in the car. Starts right up. Right up. There you go. <laughs> and then at lunch, I saw Greg, and I said, I cannot believe it. And he says, oh, I knew you would disagree, but... You just have to trust me. <laughs> yeah. Well, there again, it comes back to people. It's always about people and having the right connections. People who've had experience with certain marks is invaluable, invaluable. Rock it back and forth. There's your advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Oh, a personal habit. That one's going to take me a, a few seconds here. I have a lot of quirky habits, <laughs> some of them which drive my subordinates nuts. You know, one of my, uh, one habit that I think has really helped me is that I spend, when I'm at work, I'm working on whatever I need to get done. And, and I try and be very careful to do not do too much work at home or control how much work I do at home so I can spend it t- with my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. But my wife knows that when I get home, the first thing I do is I sit down and type out before just before dinner all the things I need to that I want to try and accomplish the next day and things I'm trying to accomplish throughout the week, and I email it to myself. Okay. So the next morning, I sit down and I see that pop up today and then I have everything right there and it helps both when I type it up to instill it in my mind and to the next morning as a reminder yeah no that's a great uh, ritual to go through I think that helps quite a bit absolutely I put all sorts of things on my calendars every day as little reminders and I think the process as you said of typing it out starts something in your brain working in the background there behind the curtains if you will uh, even though you're doing other things with the family or whatever it is, and it's just kind of mulling back there and you're kind of working through it. That's a great bit of advice. How about a resource? I know there are a lot of them out there, but is there one in particular you think the Car Shout listeners would really enjoy? There's a Yeah, there are a lot of resources. I definitely think people should visit our museum uh, website. We're, uh, we're updating it. We're going to have a lot of great information on there about not just the history, but about what a museum does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very much a museum professional, and we bring in a lot of interns 
to work with us who are interested in the museum profession. So it it's a big deal to me that I can help, you know, encourage them through work experience and um, encouragement to go into the museum field. It ended just not just cars, but just in general to preserve our history and teach people about how how important it is for us today. Yeah, so absolutely. And we'll be talking about uh, how people can contact you a little bit later in the show, Pierre. But what is the website for the museum? Automobilemuseum.org. How about a book? I know there's also a lot of books out there, but is there one in particular that you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy reading? Um, one book. There are so many. I read so <laughs> many. You know what's a good book? And I enjoy it from so many aspects. It's called uh, Chord Complete. It was written by the Chord historian Josh Malks. And what I really enjoy about it was that he incorporated the human interest story into the creation of the Cord automobile. He spent a lot of time talking with these people who actually were involved. And I think that was fun. That's not something I expected in that book. When I opened it up, I thought it was going to talk a lot about what the car was about and the history of the car. But he incorporated you know, a lot of social aspects and who these people were that created this automobile. And I think that was fun because I'm even more than automobiles, I love social history and the people. It does always come back to the people. And that's a new book that's been recommended here. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Aaron shared with us at carsyad.com slash Aaron Warkington. And Aaron's last name is W-A-R-K-E-N-T-I-N. Or just put Aaron in the search bar in his show notes page. will pop right up. And there's another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the past guests here on Cars yeah have books and links so that you can get your hands on copies of those books really quick. All right, Aaron, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, I love to say this to you, can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and money's no object. Today, I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like, even one of the cars in your museum, if that's the car you want. What would that one vehicle be and why? I would say that would have to be a Bugatti Type 35. Ooh. Oh, nice. And once again, it comes back to that was the first car model I ever built. That was the first car maker I ever read about. And they're just so crude. That's why I think I like Bugattis. They're, they're crude, but they know what their purpose is, and that's to go very fast. Yeah, oh, you know, it's a great choice. Bugattis, wonderful. Have you had the pleasure of going to the Schumpf Museum in France? No, I haven't, but I, I look forward to it. You've got to go there. You will just be blown away. It's been a long time since I was there, but yeah, being a Bugatti fan, you've got to make the uh, pilgrimage, as we say to that museum because it will just knock your socks off. The cars in there, the the volume of cars and the quality of the museum, I think you'll be really impressed by. But great choice. Love that car. Beautiful car. I've had the pleasure of being around a couple of those in my lifetime. I've never been able to drive one. That's a goal. But uh, I think you've chosen a great one. Aaron, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey and the Auburn Corps Duesenberg Automobile Museum with the Cars Yeah listeners today. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Bugatti Type 35? Sure. I think what's important is it comes back to the quote that I like. It's all about how you perceive the things you go through, whether good or bad. 
you want to learn from everything that happens, even when you make mistakes. Absolutely. And once again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and the Auburn Court Duesenberg Automobile Museum? That would be to go to our website, and uh, you can learn about all the things that we do and what we're trying to do to preserve history. Absolutely. And again, if you could remind our listeners, what is that website? Automobilemuseum.org. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Aaron's been so kind to share today at CarsYad.com. Just put Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up, and you'll find links to their website. I would encourage you, if you can't get to Auburn right away, go to their website, take a look at what they have there, and put it on your bucket list to visit Auburn, Indiana, and walk through the museum. Spectacular place, beautiful cars, wonderful people. Aaron, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!